This is the Women Emerging Expedition Podcast, so you can follow the ups and downs and the roundabouts of the expedition and play your part in them. 24 women started on the 28th of May 2022 on this virtual expedition that will take nine months. We are women from across the world determined to find an approach to leadership that resonates with women. We'll be successful so that women the world over will be able to say, if that's leadership, I'm in. Welcome, 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 Julia Middleton, Expedition Leader. The expedition comes to its completion next week. It's an extraordinary concept. The 24 women were all going to be gathered at Bellagio, which is a beautiful palace on Lake Como in the north of Italy, owned by the Rockefeller Foundation, who have been incredibly generous to us and allowed us to be there for five days to pull everything we've we've learnt together over the last year and produce an approach to leadership that resonates with women so that women say, if that's leadership, I'm in. I'm becoming so repetitive, but I do love the words. We've we've worked together now for over a year and always, always remotely. So it is going to be a totally weird experience all being together. I think one of, to me, one of the really important things for leaders is that you have to find ways to communicate with your team that gets them to understand, to share with you a sense of the journey and where you've got to at different points in the journey. I think that I have spent so much time over the years thinking about what metaphor do I use with the team to get a common understanding of, of where we are. And all through the expedition, we have used the metaphor of the studio, the concept that the 24 women are going out there to explore, to talk to other people, to explore, to explore, to explore, and that each time we get back together again, it's said that they're putting ingredients, they're putting elements, they're putting what they found into the studio and then getting back out again to find more ingredients, more elements, more paints, more colours, more paintbrushes, more palette knives to put into the studio for when we will eventually start painting, which of course is next week in Bellagio. Why this metaphor? Because it's it's been this sense of wanting to push people back out. Yes, bring bring what you found back here. But don't get too obsessed with what you found. Keep on exploring. Get out there. Don't start distilling yet. Keep on exploring. Push yourself. Go and talk to voices, to different people, different voices. Keep on exploring. But if I look at the studio as it's sort of piled up and it's getting more and more messy, more and more out of control, more and more if a stranger comes in and says, oh, what a mess this is. They always do, but the truth is you can usually find what you want because it's your studio. Well, it is our studio and we will find what we want, but I think there are two big sections in the studio that are big bits of what we've been gathering. The link between spirituality and leadership and definitely the link between mothering 
and leadership and how somehow we have to reframe these. In episodes 22 and 23, I spent a lot of time talking to a lot of women of different faiths about the women in the original texts that, that inspired them as leaders and what they learnt about leadership from their spirituality and their faith. We haven't really unpicked this mothering concept, so I've decided that this episode and the next one next week will be slightly devoting to what you learn from mothering that you bring back into your work and into your leadership journey. This episode will be about what you learn in that first year when the child is going from naught to one and you're going from, I can't imagine what to what, but I can never remember it really. It's it's a sort of blur, but anyhow, what you learn in that first year. And then next week, we're going to talk to two different women about what you learn about leadership from being the mother of teenagers. So this first episode is with Rachel Middleton, who's in London and has one son of about a year. And then Myrna Atala, whose, whose childhood was in Lebanon and who has two children, two young children. Let's talk to her. So let's be straight. Rachel is, yes, indeed, one of my daughters. I spoke to her because, because I love talking to Rachel, but also because she's done so much thinking, I think, over the last year since her son was born in January 2022. So in the last few weeks, he hit one year old. Let's go to Rachel. So Rachel, nobody's pretending that you're not my daughter. I'm interviewing you, my daughter, about your first year as a mother of my grandson. Am I allowed to call you mum then in the interview? You or do I have to say me, Julia? You can call me anything you like. I think if you try <laughs> to call me Julia, it might be a bit confusing for you. <laughs> so go on, tell us what you've learned about leadership in the first year of being a mother. Well, I wrote down some words because I think that there's positives and there's new leadership challenges which were completely un, unpredicted and came from nowhere which I guess could be described as negatives. But my positive words are empathy, context, resilience, perspective, kindness, teariness, resourcefulness, innovation, hard work, emotional control, (laughs) ambition, timing, and being organized. So there's lots of words there, but I guess probably the link is slightly confused. Because it's a it's a total emotional sort of roller coaster coming back to work. The truth is it's it's so important that women, when they return to work, they can sort of bring some of those pieces with them because it's it changes you dramatically, wholeheartedly as a human, as a leader, as everything. You know, I've I've never felt so different in my life. And if captured in the right way in the workplace I think that can be completely transformative for you as a person but if it's concealed or hidden or you know perhaps even to be ashamed of to bring to work then I think it can do quite the opposite to your leadership it can you know lead you to losing confidence or 
losing empathy or, or, you know, trying to conceal a part of you that is quite dramatically different to what it was before you left. So my answer to the sort of how's it transformed you as a leader is is totally and completely. So if you go back through some of your words, yeah, it'll make you a kinder leader. Hmm. Why? Because I think you on a, on the most basic level, you don't you you understand in a different way the context of a whole human being as your colleague. You know, you don't sort of being five minutes late for a meeting a few times and, you know, that that sort of sense of drawing conclusions around, well, maybe they're just lazy or maybe they, you know, don't have. But I think you're you're suddenly within this world of motherhood where you're completely out of control 90% of the time. And therefore things happen, you drop the ball, you make mistakes, you say the wrong thing. And you realize that, you know, nobody is exempt from that. And therefore, I guess when you're thinking through the behavior of your colleagues or the behavior of people that report into you or the behavior of people more senior than you, you have a a degree of kindness around their context and that you're able to sort of prevent yourself from drawing conclusions based on just a work context. You sort of see people as more of a whole person because you understand that you know you are no longer at work and at home you are on a zoom call while the nursery is calling you on the phone and you see the word nursery coming up and you think oh god i'm going to have to go and pick up my son in the begin in the middle of this you know critical client interview and you know you have those experiences and therefore you can sort of understand other individuals much better and and give them the benefit of the doubt and be kinder in your assumptions of their behavior at work I think. Go back to your list and choose me some of the more unexpected words in it and explain them. I think innovation (laughs) you know I I remember once with my son and he was crying and crying and crying and I just couldn't work out why he was crying And so I just got in the shower with him. I didn't turn the shower on. I just stood underneath the shower. And then we got out and then we just flushed the loo. And he was suddenly, he stopped crying. And, you know, those are moments of just when you are really, you tried everything. You've gone through the list. He's not bloody tired. He's not bloody hungry. He's not, you know, he's been burped. And you just think, right, I've got to be creative here. I've got to think of something new, something different. And you go and flush the loo. And that's what was needed and it's ridiculous but actually it is that <laughs> that sort of you know innovation and new ideas particularly when the world is seems as if it's all crumbling down around you that you just have to calm rethink reset come up with something new and i think that's probably i'll take into my into the workplace you know that's if something's not working don't panic that it's not working just chill you know come to a sort of place of mental peace in despite you know screaming child around you calm yourself and just think of a new idea and try it and and that's the other thing you know it's one of the most frustrating things about being a mother is that everybody tells you what to do all the time which I'm sure all mothers will say but the truth is nobody bloody knows what this baby wants because this baby doesn't speak 
And the person who knows probably best is the mother, but even the mother doesn't know. And you're not a bad mother if you don't know. But, you know, you just have a list of things that you can try. And if you if they don't work, you start again at the top of the list. And I think that that also is another thing I'll take into the into my work is, you know, some ideas don't work, but you have to try them. And if they didn't work today, they might work tomorrow or they might work in two minutes. And there's nothing wrong with with the with the idea not working. There's nothing wrong with failing at it, even when, you know, the stakes are that you I mean, parenthood is the thing that you really, really don't want to fail at. But you fail at it all the time. And it's just, you know, you have to just pick yourself up and and try it again, even if it's exactly the same thing. So I guess it's that it's that resilience, it's that innovation to try new things, come up with new ideas. And I guess, a, and also a lack of fear that you're not going to get it right. You know, you still have to try, you just have to go for it. That sort of impulsive, just try it, see what happens. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. Try it again tomorrow. But that's tough. <laughs> that's tough. <laughs> You know, on a basic level as well, leaders, they have to be well organized. And, you know, that is, I mean, I think I think it was you, mum, that said that when you were asked the question, what's enabled you to have five children and do what you do? And you said good planning. And it sounds simplistic, but it's the truth. You know, you know, you do have to be bloody organized as a mother. And I think the same same is true for being a leader particularly when you have people around you relying on you. If you come back to work after having a child and the employer doesn't recognise that you're different, mm. explain the concept that it, it then all the learning can become actually damaging. Mm. Well, I'll give you an example. So I recently started a new job and I had a, a really good, very helpful conversation with one of the most senior male partners in the firm. And I said, how do you, how do you be, how are you successful here? And he said, bloody hard work. I did lunches, dinners, breakfasts. I worked all hours, et cetera. And I walked away from that meeting thinking that's actually not at all inspirational for me because I can't do that. You know, I can't do the lunches and the dinners and, and, you know, and I won't because I, I, you know, I've, I I will pick up my son from nursery and I will spend, you know, that time with him in the morning and in the evening. And so I think that in any dramatic situation that wholeheartedly changes an employee's life or perspective, unless there's a degree of acknowledgement about that, then it can feel as if it's something that you should hide rather than you should celebrate. And the truth is that that motherhood you know, it 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 has totally transformed me as a person. I feel completely different to what I was before, and I and I think that that individuals should be proud of that, and they should celebrate that, and they should celebrate how it's made them into a more successful individual and a more empathetic leader and a more hardworking leader and a more a leader with more perspective. But if you feel when you return after that period that it's something to conceal, I think that it that it prevents it prevents you from celebrating all of those learnings and and sharing those learnings with other individuals. And perhaps it makes makes you feel as if it's something to be ashamed of because it's concealed. But that for me is not, you know, it's so far from 
helpful. It's, you know, it's, I don't think there are many individuals that you would meet who, when asked the question, how has motherhood transformed you as a leader or as a person? I think they would say wholeheartedly. But how many women, when standing on a podium and asked, you know, what are the pieces that have transformed you as a leader? How many women say motherhood? I don't know many. I don't think I've heard of many. I don't think I've ever heard it before. And I wonder why that is sometimes, because when I reflect on my own leadership journey, I feel that this experience has changed me more than any experience that I've had in the workplace for my my whole my whole life. You know, it's a it's a it's an experience which transforms you, regardless of whether it's at home or or at work. And I think that needs to be a bit more celebrated. Thank you, Rachel. It cannot be easy being interviewed about mothering by your mother. But that was fantastic. It's it's strange, you know, looking back. I think right at the beginning of motherhood, I sort of made a promise to myself that I would not make a speech anywhere on the subject of leadership, and in fact, on the subject of anything, without drawing on an example that came from motherhood. Motherhood stories became sort of associated with me and my speeches. I suppose it was a small act of rebellion because nobody else seemed to be doing that. I am well aware that some people in the audience used to see those stories as as unprofessional, in fact, probably deeply unprofessional. But I always reckoned I could cope with that because nobody ever accused them of not being relevant. They were always relevant. They illustrated the points and the leadership learning. So unprofessional, I can cope with that. If they told me they had nothing to do with leadership, I would have been probably more careful. So anyhow, thank you, Rachel, very, very much. Now over to Myrna, who's done this twice. So she's got two small children. So what did she learn in that first year? Twice. The thing about a child is there's sort of a new part of your heart that gets exercised <laughs> and a fair amount of, of emotion, hormone, empathy that, well, it bubbles up. And so, you know, I, I think in some ways I became a little bit kinder, maybe not so perfectly kind, but, you know, I, I, I could, I, 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 I took this a step back, whereas I tended to bulldoze. I think in that first year, I learned that there are different ways of doing things and it's okay to be patient with folks. The other thing I learned is it's okay to have boundaries so that you can be a better leader. So what I ended up doing in that first year was turning off the notifications on my email because what I found was I'd get home after a long day and I'd be missing my child and then the email notification would come up. And even if I didn't respond to the email, I it sullied my experience with the child. And so I realized that it's okay. I can pick up those emails later if I need to, but then I'll be in the right headspace. I'll have given and taken from my child. You know, there will be a sort of experience there. And then I can give and take because sometimes I'd respond to the email 
while with the, my child, but feeling frantic and and frustrated and respond incorrectly or just not not as effectively maybe um, as I could. I also came to appreciate my work and my team so much because it's a little lonely being a mom, a first mom, and you've gone from one very clear identity to changing nappies and not really knowing if you're doing that right or, you know, just feeling a bit frantic. And so when I I was eager to get back to work, even if there was a bit of separation difficulty, you know, in the first bit, but sort of appreciate being able to flourish again with your team, interact with them, see where things are, uh, bring fresh ideas, because inevitably, you know, there's a lot of thinking that happens when you're if, if you're breastfeeding or, you know, if you have those kind of idle moments with a child who's not necessarily, you know, they're not communicative in the pickup space. So there are new ideas that, that can bubble up um, in terms of strategy and sort of come, can come back refreshed and energized to try new things, to implement new strategies. And so I really ended up coming back excited. There's also a sense that everything could spiral completely out of control. At all times. Which part? <laughs> the child with the work? No, the child, the sort of, I don't know, to me, it's the sort of sense of the compounding. You know, once the baby gets in a tiz and you get in a tiz, yeah. and then everybody around you gets in a tiz, the whole thing compounds incredibly fast. And if you don't take the time out to think through what's going on and why we're getting into a tiz at the beginning, things compound and become completely out of control at an extraordinary speed. And for me as a leader, it was also realizing, you know, when you have a sense that things at work are getting out of control, that is when you actually have to stop and sort it as a leader and not let it go and it compounds and compounds and compounds. And by the time it gets your attention, it's massive. Yeah, that's a really, really good piece of advice that I wish somebody had given me. Actually, you know, I mean, what you're saying makes so much sense because you're not an expert as a first time mother. And everybody seems to have an opinion from the Internet to you know, random persons, you know, walking by you in the road to, you know, family, and you're not sure how to respond. And so if you don't stop and say, you're right, kind of be intentional about what kind of parent and what kind of reaction you will have in the same way as you do exactly as you say, as a leader, it can be a little hijacked, the whole thing. And suddenly you find yourself even more powerless than... (laughs) You were in the first place because you didn't know. Aside, I do wish I had maybe stopped and thought about how I could take my incredible capacities as a leader from work and apply it in motherhood. Actually, because I do those things naturally, because I have more control, because these are adult kind of mechanisms, because it's a space I understand. And you're right. I I wish I had thought about that or or had had those conversations. I think it could have been, maybe it's not smoother, but just feel like I'm actually, there's a give and take between the sides of my life. And there's learning from motherhood in leadership and learning from leadership, whatever it is, both ways. It works. They're dialectic. And, and I, so I think if I could go back and tell my 
you know, myself nine years ago when I had my first child, I was actually very, um, I had a lot of trepidation. I was worried about losing my identity. I was so scared. You know, I didn't understand what impact it would have on me. I was sort of whatever. Just I, I, I was nervous and fearful as opposed to, oh, this is an exciting, you know, addition in your leadership journey. And it will change you inevitably, but it will, you know, make you stronger and, you know, take some time to reflect what parts of yourself you love from your leadership in, in your work life that you'd like to bring to your child and your family, you know, and your leadership and motherhood. And I think maybe that would be, you know, some small nugget of advice. Actually, you've just given me, but I would give to others, which is um, it's a joyful, always live the questions and your leadership can benefit from the stresses, truthfully, the challenges that it will face, you know, in this new phase of your life. And hopefully then you can reflect on how they both can interact and make you stronger. Thank you very, very much, Myrna. Lots of learning and lots of learning from both of you. I've sort of, I thought I'd pull some of that learning into sort of five buckets. The first one is that you learn how to lead when much of the time or 90% of the time you feel pretty well out of control. You know you're making lots of mistakes and you are on an emotional roller coaster. Now, that sounds like work too, to be honest, and it certainly sounds like leadership. So I would have thought those survivor skills are immensely important pieces of learning that you take from motherhood and mothering to leadership. Second one is this word kinder. Both Rachel and Myrna used it. Kinder about understanding the context of the whole human being. Kinder about... Well, well, Myrna's expression, wasn't it, is that it activates a part of your heart. And the expression she used is that she's much more careful about bulldozing people into things. She's much kinder with her team as the leader. The third one was around the word innovation, the, the trying new ideas, the trying new things, even if they didn't work well yesterday, they might work today. The, the sense of keeping on trying, the resilience to keep on trying. And without doubt, leaders are having to achieve more with less or achieve more for more these days. And therefore, innovation is absolutely crucial in there. And we all know that in leadership, innovation comes very much from trying and trying and trying and keep on going. And and to use Rachel's expression, calm, reset, think of something. <laughs> I have an image of her standing in a shower that's not switched on very much. The fourth one is this concept of being well organized and and figuring out where your boundaries are and it being okay to have boundaries. I think leaders who have been through motherhood are strong planners. They're well organized. Both he and she and they are more organized if they have been through mothering and motherhood. And I think the fifth 
thing that that interests me is this this sense of when to act it working both ways Myrna expressing that sense that it taught her how to let go and not to try and control things too much to let other people act rather than she herself but also this this concept that as a leader if you let things go too far and for too long then putting them back together again by which time they have compounded is is much tougher so it seems to me there is endless learning from motherhood and mothering into leadership and we need yes quite rightly to reframe this to reframe motherhood as an important piece of a leadership journey and not to celebrate not to not to conceal that that piece but indeed to celebrate it great episode love doing it looking forward to next week and the the learnings from leading teenagers mothering teenagers maybe it's both look forward to it lots of love To become part of our movement and share your thinking with us, subscribe to the podcast and join the Women Emerging group on our website at womenemerging.org. We love all of the messages you send us. Keep them coming.